0: I think that that's also something that I kind of find comforting because it's very easy to look around and look at what others have going on and think like, oh, they found everything they're looking for, but they probably didn't. They probably just decided at some point, like, here's the point where I stop.
1: Hey, welcome back. We're not for everyone. We're an existential commentary podcast hosted by a one potato and one potato, <laughs> and I'm the potato. And Ka- Kess, <gasps> I mean, what? What if your name was Kess?
0: Yeah, what if it was? I thought you were gonna say Kevin at first, and I was gonna <laughs> be like, I don't know. <laughs> But I have an inside joke with some of my friends where they call me Hess. I don't even remember how it got started. Is that like
1: a Spanish pronunciation?
0: uh, You know what? It could be. It very well could be. (laughs) Hess. There's actually also a Hess like wine brand, but my nickname came before we were aware of that. All I'm saying is you can call me Kess.
1: Is it offensive for me to say Spanish pronunciation?
0: Is Is that offensive? I think it was so clearly not a Spanish pronunciation that you're allowed to say Oh, okay. <laughs> on, well, it I didn't just... know.
1: Okay. <laughs> I didn't take Spanish.
0: I didn't either. We took French together.
1: Oh, we really Those did. Those were like
0: tender times.
1: Do you remember that I went by a different name in French class? Because there were too many Carolines. So Madame Watkins asked me to pick a different name and I picked <laughs> Letitia. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I went by Letitia for like two years.
0: I genuinely don't remember that, but it doesn't surprise me. But M. Watkins was a character. That she woman.
1: She was so sweet. She refused to wear a bra. Absolutely. Blatantly <laughs> refused. <laughs> but she did swing them. She was such a great teacher.
0: She was. She swang them low and proud and- And loud. And loud. Did you come on the France trip? I can't remember if No,
1: you I don't know why, but I did not go, and I missed out on a huge bonding opportunity with all the rest of the French kids, and I regretted it the rest of my life.
0: Oh, it was pretty fun. I just have one quick story from it. Do you remember Madame Worth? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she was a riot. <laughs> so she, on the France trip, I don't know, I was like in my- hotel room with the two people I was staying with.
1: This was to clarify. this is like a trip abroad that all the French students took hosted by our crazy ass French teachers.
0: Yeah so I was showering and I guess in France in a lot of places there aren't really like shower curtains or anything. It's just like a tub with a shower head thing and you're just like nude so I'm showering minding my own business the bathroom door is closed and I guess my mom tried to call the French teacher to check on me because my mom was back home while I was on this trip and I was like uh I don't know what's the word for it I was just like a mama's girl like homebody. I never went anywhere without my parents I was sheltered so she was worried she called the French teacher and Madame Worth barged into our hotel room our friend, I think Sheila was like, <laughs> Jessica's showering right now. And Madame Worth was like, her mom's on the phone and like barged into the bathroom. And I'm standing there completely naked, no shower curtain or anything. And she's just like, Your mom's on the phone. Like she was unfazed. Your mom's on the phone. Answer now. I was like, This
1: is my vagina. Can this
0: wait? <laughs> I'm, I was extremely uncomfortable. But yeah, I, I think about it all the time when I think about her, which is often. And then I just like turned off the shower and talked to my mom. And I was like, she was like, I haven't heard from you. And I was like, I'm fine. I was showering. Like, what's happening, everyone?
1: How long do you think you had not been in contact with your mom that she called? Oh,
0: like two days max.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is brutal. That is
0: brutal. That That has stayed with me into my 30s. Like, if I don't call my mom every other day oh man she freaks out like she or if i miss her call and i don't send a quick text that's like i'm in a meeting or something or i'll call you back she freaks out
1: wow it's still
0: i don't know how to escape this because the alternative is like probably not talking to her at all i don't i think she's an all or nothing type of person she's like i need to hear from you every day or we hate each other
1: (laughs) i I forget (laughs) you Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I have to like beg. I mean, I don't do this anymore. But like in college, I would like beg my parents to call me. I don't know why. All my friends in college were like always on the phone with their moms and stuff. And I guess my mom had a lot of other kids, but she (laughs) was she was not concerned. And I was like, you should be concerned. I'm struggling. I'm struggling.
0: (laughs) This is a cry for help. Please answer. Yeah, I'm always interested in how often people talk to their parents because right. mm-hmm. I feel, I mean, I genuinely feel that I talk to my parents too often. But that being said, I just don't know how to change it. Like, it's been so long and it's been this way.
1: Is it too much for you? Like, it doesn't feel good to you? Or you're just saying by the standard of average, it you talk to them a lot more?
0: I mean, I, I do think... By the average standard, I am on the higher end of the spectrum, but I also think it's too much for me. Like, there's not yeah. something to say to my parents every other day. Certainly not. And the pressure of knowing that they are I haven't talked to them in two days and I'm due for a call, like, it kind of weighs on me on a day when I've been so busy and Just like don't have it in me to have another phone call.
1: One more chore. But I feel
0: like I have to call my mom. Yeah, and I don't want it to feel like a chore to call my mom, but some days it does because I know the expectation is there and like the precedent's been set Yeah, and I can't shake it. And so there's been so many times where I've had to explain to her like, hey, I'm calling to tell you I'm alive, but I'm now going to hang up. Like I have nothing to say and I'm exhausted and she and she gets it at this point and she's just like thanks for calling yeah it's I don't know I don't know I'm 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 happy my obviously I'm lucky to have my parents wanting to be an active part of my life I think that's a nice comes from a good place but it adds stress sometimes and that's no one's intention
1: yeah you can you can have loving parents and love your parents and appreciate all they do and also like sometimes be annoyed at certain parts of the situation yeah it's it's complex yeah that, I feel that feels like a situation that would be really easy to be like dole out a bunch of a- theoretically actionable advice by like we'll just do this we'll say this, and do this. but it's like no. this habit this this has been going on for 30 years and not only that but they're in their 60s and it just change it's very to change the dynamic it's very difficult it's extremely mm-hmm. difficult I say give up I say it's just accept the rest of your life
0: <laughs> It's the type of thing where I – my approach is just pick my battles. Totally. Like I I cannot get what I want out of every interaction with my parents all the time. And I've – it's been going on for long enough where I know that that is true. I've been in therapy for long enough where I've noticed the patterns and know that that is true and it's just like I got to pick my battles. So if there are certain things that I have to do to appease them in a way, I'm going to – Do those things as long as they're not like totally a hindrance to me. Yeah. Because sometimes it's easier than rocking the boat and upsetting them when, you know, I don't want to upset them. I'll upset them about something that like, if I really have to and it really matters to me. But a phone call on a day when I don't feel like it, eh, fine. You birthed me. I guess it's okay. I'll allow it. What's happening in your world? What do you want to share with the class today?
1: I am... Sober now, but I was drunk like 40 minutes ago, maybe. Just like one glass, just one glass drunk. um Feeling great, feeling easeful. Easeful. I do. Easeful. Yeah.
0: I like that. It's like an easel, but easeful.
1: I think it's a word. I've been learning a lot of new words. Not that that's a new word I learned, mm-hmm. but I, I have been learning a lot of new words because I've been reading my sister's book and girl, it's full of words. The whole thing is words, essentially.
0: That's a lot. That is a lot of work. (laughs) How long is that book?
1: It's like 400 pages. Oh my gosh.
0: How long did it take her to write that? I'm going to interview Elizabeth through you right now.
1: First of all, she would be the best person to have on this podcast because she's hilarious. She's a genius and she's a crazy person, which I say like, she's like the best crazy person I've ever met. She's so... Oh, the the the—it's the brand of crazy where like everything she says is true. Everything she says is true. It's just like no one else will say it, mm. um, and it's wild to hear it coming out of uh, like a a, a mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just the smartest person. I actually, um, reading her book right now, which the book's not out, but it's like an an advanced copy that's not even—it's not even the final, like manuscript or whatever. Like there were still edits that came out after that and then I'm also oscillating between that and another great book which I'm loving but going between like her prose and then just like some pedestrians (laughs) some fucking plebeians prose it's like wow I mean she's just so smart it's crazy not not smart in that like oh look at your vocabulary first of all having your vocabulary is not necessarily a reflection of any way in your intellect um maybe it's a, a reflection of like how much you've been exposed to works but it's not necessarily a reflection of like how deep your thoughts go um so she does have like this crazy vocabulary of course but that's not why i think she's so smart it's just the way she thinks about the world is wild the things she's able to capture i don't know i'm just fangirling over her right now
0: i love that i love that you're fangirling over your sister like what a special thing it's
1: crazy Oh, my point was that she'd be so much fun to interview on here. Totally. At some point. I don't know. I'd love that. I feel like we should do like sibling episodes or... Oh
0: my God. My sister would revel in the opportunity. Please, please, Caitlin, Caitlin, if you're listening, I'm scared to have you on this podcast. Maybe in a good way though. Maybe in a good way. (laughs) Oh, it'd be so much fun. Well, I love that for you and Elizabeth and like... The way that you're appreciating her work i think that's really beautiful i i did, never knew her super well but like always was kind of in her orbit just because she went to our school and was your older sister and stuff and only a couple years older than us and i always was like i revered her i was just like she's she carries herself with such confidence she has such a like intense look in her eye all the time t- so like she, she's just intimidating in the best way like i mean this as a compliment and like an admiring yeah. thing
1: No, she's scary.
0: Anytime that you tell me she likes anything that I've done or said, I'm like, (laughs) amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's scary, right? It's scary. What was great about my older sister um, is that, yeah, she was like, you know, just one of the brightest people you'll ever meet. And in some ways she like didn't really care. I think she like frequently got in trouble for like disrespecting teachers and stuff and like. Like verbally embarrassing them, like linguistically or something I don't know. she and falling asleep in class.
0: she was really? always falling
1: asleep in class. Yeah, cause she like can't sleep ever. And she was constantly falling asleep in class, like, I don't know. she's just like a funny she's just such a character She is such a character i like i always thought like movies should be written about her she's so funny to me but
0: the falling asleep in class thing reminded me of this part of the office when dwight when they're at benihana and dwight's something happens somebody's eyes are closed and dwight's across the table anyway he just goes narcolepsy and (laughs) whatever i just like sometimes say that to myself narcolepsy
1: I have a question. Do you, do you feel like you trust Harry Styles? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> right. Correct. Correct.
0: Why? Say why. Harry Styles is beloved by everyone. I don't generally trust a person that's so widely beloved. That is part of the problem. He was never like on my radar, like on my shit list until recently at the Grammys. He won album of the year instead of Beyonce and then he had the audacity (laughs) to say in his acceptance speech people like me never win things like this
1: what are you talking about Harry what are you talking about British white man pop star like child pop star (laughs) who looks like a model
0: everyone loves you and has a crush on you what are you talking about you all of a sudden made it trendy when so many people have been trying to make it cool to dress androgynously like, maybe he means
1: that part. I was thinking maybe he means the fact that he is more a pinup boy than, like, an artistic talent. Which I think he's effectively evolved. Like, I haven't studied his... His works. Opus. His works. Discography. Do you call it an opus? Opus. I like that. Yeah. Too closely. I don't know if that's the right word. But um, I think he's done an effective job of, like, transitioning from, yeah, basically a little pop baby tweener star to, like, a respected artist. That's the only thing I could possibly imagine.
0: But it's like so so has like everyone else who was in the running to win that award. They all started as they have overcome a lot Basic more. Yeah. pop stars and then found their voice and yeah. been established as like more credible artists over time <laughs> so because that's truthful. like the way that you become a musician in this country. And yeah, he's against all these like black and and people of color women and like I was just like, dude, everyone was waiting for the name Beyonce to be said, and then that's what you said. So the fuck did he mean? Did anyone ask him what did you mean by I that? think everyone just decided that he's an idiot. You know, before they didn't ask that seems They didn't clear. approach it with curiosity. They approached it with you're over now. It's you want a Grammy and now you're he's done. He's not
1: over. He's not
0: over, but I'm mad. And a lot of people are yeah. of the same mind as what I'm describing but it doesn't mean he's canceled listen I like some of his music and whatever it's fine there are worse offenses but uh I don't trust him that's for goddamn sure
1: I don't trust him I don't trust him I realized and yet I'm watching him a lot on like Instagram and stuff first of all I know next to nothing about him so why am I talking because I can't be (laughs) um but he's obviously incredibly talented he's an incredible performer Uh, He seems to have a great strategic business mind, the way he's transformed his career and like very cool fashion sense, I guess. I don't fucking know. He's hot. That's cool. Totally. Like these are all true. But something about having that level of charisma is so creepy to me. Mm. Like I don't trust anybody. I don't think that has that level of charisma. It is so terrifying and inhuman seeming. I just... I just clam up at it. It's so, which like I don't know him as a person at all. Yeah, you know that maybe that's just his show persona, but there's something. That, first of all, listen. There's if you are listening right now and you're furious at me, <laughs> I
0: mean he has he has a fan base that will come for you. So I'm actually afraid. Yes.
1: No. This is like <laughs> this is me saying this is really strategically stupid for the podcast for your business. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. 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 Yeah, he's strategically intelligent. I'm not.
0: I do love his fashion sense. I mean, I I never thought I would look at a small white man in a sequin top and, like, be aroused. But he has made that possible for me. And so for that, I thank him for opening my eyes, you know. Like, he's really creative in that way and in his way of self-expression. So I actually do. I like things about him and I like some of his music. But, yeah, he is so charming. Just Exactly what I just described. On one hand, I'm like, that's amazing. And on the other hand, I'm like, how did you do that? How did you
1: make me change what I think is a- attractive? Like, only for him. <laughs> there are certain people like that. And I, th- I know, based on the effect those people, especially those men, have on me in person, like, I'm not immune to it. Like, I would be such a fucking sucker for Harry Styles. Something about the whole fashion... I just think all of it is performance to some degree. All of it is strategic to some degree. And like, it can also be a genuine thing, but like he isn't forgetting that. I don't know. I I a part of me is just like how much of it is just like a strategic way to stay relevant, to stay interesting, to stay notable after like being notable for many years. You can't remain notable year after year after year. If you stay the same, like he was a notable thing and then people get used to it and people move on and people want the next notable thing. And like, It's so unfair of me to say I'm just talking out of my ass. It's not really a criticism of him. I'm just more talking about the concepts in general. And then not to mention that, like, I mean, it's it's really cool what he did. It's really cool how he brought to the mainstream this, like, different acceptable way for men to dress and express themselves now. And also lots of other people have done it um, when it was not accepted. So I don't know. It's... The whole thing is really interesting to me, and I would love to know, like, is he safe? Is Is he safe? safe? Are we safe?
0: Is he safe, and are we safe? I think there's definitely, like, some cult stuff going on, you know? There's there's a cult somewhere, and whether he's the head, or it's just about him, or we're part of it right now, I don't know any of the answers, (laughs) but I do think- We're
1: the founders.
0: I do think that there's a cult associated with him. This does remind me of another topic that I had. I on my third date with my boyfriend, we discussed our top 5 celebrities that we would like ho- hook up with. And Love
1: it. That was a
0: really great way for us to like bond and become a little more like
1: That's so fun.
0: talking about that stuff with each other as opposed to just What date? Third.
1: What date was Three. It? Third. Okay, cool. Yeah. Where well, are you going to share?
0: Well, it, it has changed. I had some wild cards in there when we talked about it then. I had Shia LaBeouf <laughs> on this list. I had, I had, of course, I had John Mayer on the list and he remains on the list because that's like something <laughs> I have to list. fulfill for my, for 16-year-old Jess. Yeah, you got to fuck full circle. Like that he will never be off the list until we, until we have sex with each other.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> you got to fuck him off the list
0: who else is on the list so now okay Shia is no longer there I added and he should have been there the whole time I just kind of forgot he existed until White Lotus season two happened Theo James who was in the Divergent series and then in White Lotus season two he he plays the guy that
1: oh my god he's the asshole he's, he's the, asshole. the only asshole yeah in
0: the <laughs> but I thought he was hot like 10 years ago when he was in the Divergent oh, he is. movies and he is. He was like a, a hero-type character, like, who saved the girl and saved the day and that or something. So... I'll allow it. I am troubled by his recent portrayal of this asshole. He's still hot as the asshole, though, and... He's hot and he's on my list. I don't know. He's on the list. Listen,
1: there are plenty of assholes on my list for sure. Right. Also,
0: it's a character, like, but it was a pretty believable. That's so true. I forgot.
1: I forgot it was a show. (laughs) I forgot it was a show. It did make me feel like. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying White Lotus wasn't real. (laughs) You're saying White Lotus didn't happen. Jennifer
0: Coolidge is still alive and popping. Spoiler alert. Um (laughs) That's kooky. So he's on the list. Next is, and I don't even know how to say his name. I think it's Eon Noel. He's in the show Insecure, which is one of my favorite shows. And then he's also in a couple different movies. And he just has this, like, smirky smile on him. And I can't I can't get even enough. find
1: a picture of him. I can't even find a picture of him when I Google him. This is so confusing.
0: Y apostrophe I-A-N. Oh, okay. N-O-E-L is his last name.
1: He's beautiful he's He's a beautiful man
0: yeah so he's number four on my current list that is still not perfect like i don't even know if theo james stays on the list in the next iteration i don't know i'm not committed to any of these men three is john mayer i would have him higher but he's not actually my physical type it's just the his mind and the many years that i've toiled for him okay what's wrong with his body that you would change it's i like them bigger He's kind of like too pale and skinny for my usual type. But again, he's he's who he is. I mean, I'll take it. I like that he's really tatted. He looks good. Uh, I like his style. He kind of has cool style. I like, he has cool hair. It's like floppy. <laughs> so there's things I can work with, you know? Okay, the next one. And this one I feel like is divisive. And I get that this person is not really like, he has a he has a distinctive face. Kumail Nanjiani who is in The Big Sick oh. and recently got really buff. Very likable. Very likable. He's funny. He I don't know. There's just like he's cheeky, I feel. And that's a good one. That's a good one like personality really goes a long way, but also I think he's attractive. Like that's an example of Yeah. The more I saw him in things, the more I was like actually I have a crush on this person. And then Number one, and it feels like number one shouldn't even be on the list. Like, he should be on a separate list. He he shouldn't be listed with these other people that are on my list. So that's why I feel weird about it, but King Idris Elba, I mean. Oh, yeah, classic. Classic, but he's on the older classic. end. That's a daddy. That's a daddy. Oh, that's
1: a daddy. Oh, that is like the youngest end of my skin. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay, that's going to make me feel better because I think Ooh. he stands
0: out from the rest of the people on my list Because of age, because of stature, like he's just like an established like man and everyone else on my list is like a hot young boy or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I agree.
0: So that's my current list. I I feel like there's people I'm forgetting that they exist. And I wanted to, the reason I even brought us here is because I did briefly consider putting Harry Styles on the list.
1: I think I'd like a Harry Styles equivalent, probably.
0: Okay, so do you have thoughts? I know that I just sprung this upon you.
1: Yeah, I have thoughts. These are people, I don't know if these are my tops. Right. But I literally just put this together sitting here. People that I am like, I've definitely found you attractive at different times. And they're all daddies. Daniel (laughs) Day-Lewis.
0: You've always loved him.
1: (laughs) All day long. All day long. I'm so attracted to someone who seems both smart, Withholding and essentially completely unattainable, just like total enigma. Right. What a fucking ghost. Um, these are all, this is all, I think, pretty much toxic attraction, I would say. I was really, really just into a classic old Brad Pitt when he was younger. Not so much now. Yeah, would agree.
0: Um, Not anymore. His day has nothing, passed. Nothing. Yeah. What nothing era? To scoff at. What era is like your favorite Brad though? Because there was the long <gasps> hair, there was the spiky hair.
1: Oh, no, I'm definitely short hair. I love, I was really into Ocean's Eleven, Brad Pitt. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. I I would agree. That's the one I would choose, probably. That's a great movie. That reminds me that Matt Damon is someone that I love and maybe should. Shocking. Sexually. Sexually, sexually, yeah.
1: You know what? Actually, though, I just watched, for the first time, I just watched Talented Mr. Ripley, and he's kind of twinkish in that, but he's so beautiful.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking more like in any of the Ben Affleck, Matt Damon movies where he has the Boston accent. I have a weird thing for like a dirty accent. Goodwill Hunting is so hot.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't give a fuck and he's anti-establishment and he's so smart, but he doesn't even care. Like, that's so hot. It's so hot. Yeah,
0: Matt Damon, yeah. not my usual type, but that I don't really have one. It's just like all over the place. If you're hot once and I see it. If you're <laughs> hot once... <laughs>
1: If I catch you being hot, you're fucked, and it's it's over
0: for you. You're on the list. Consider yourself you. listed.
1: <laughs> listed. All right, I'm gonna say I get more youthful with Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy.
0: Oof. Okay, yeah. See,
1: he's beautiful and so talented and so dark. Most of them, I would say, go pretty dark. Ooh, I love a dark. Look I love this. a dark intelligence.
0: I you just unlocked something for me. Yeah. Cuz I don't yeah. what's he in? Like I know his name, but I don't watch. First of all, he's
1: First of all, he's Bane he's in Batman. Oh shit. Okay. He was he was born in the darkness. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this is a I mean, this is a real piece of man meat right here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a fillet. That's a fillet. Um Christian Bale in multiple eras. I don't know that We'd be going down now. Sure. (laughs) Well, maybe, but I really did love, do love Christian Bale. And I think Harrison Ford, I always had Mm. a big old classic crush on.
0: How could you not? I mean, timeless for all the generations. Totally,
1: totally timeless. Yeah. But this is not a complete list. Do not hold me to this. There are. Totally. I've I've actually, oh my God, I've started fantasizing about a one really like very famous YouTuber. Okay. And who I'm not really attracted to, but he's married and he and his wife seem really like a wonderful pair and they just seem like they are really friends and they really love each other and it seems awesome. And I like did an experiment the other day where I was like, I wonder if I could... Um. Why am I stumbling over words here? Masturbate to <laughs> to completion to to the fantasy of someone loving me because I don't think that's ever one of my sexual fantasies of like it's never like being in love. It's always something like upsetting, you know. Yeah. And I like as a as a growth challenge to myself. <laughs> I try to force myself to to come to the concept of someone being in love with me and i i didn't i didn't get there oh. it was honestly exhausting i did not get there you
0: probably have to work at it i don't think you could do it on the first go yeah
1: yeah which i also think it's not like an i don't know if that's like really a necessary achievement like i'm happy to be perverse in the very i think pretty normal ways but but i did try I did try, and I don't know.
0: And it was to this YouTuber? Yeah,
1: it was to a specific YouTuber. Okay. Just him loving me. Just him thinking I'm a great gal. What, like, made you decide on this mission and choose him for it? Because they're so loving? Yeah, I'd gotten kind of, like, fixated on their relationship because of interviews I'd seen, because of, like, ways I'd – because, like, videos them together. Just, like, I just started – like, I went on, like, a little mini-obsession rabbit hole on their relationship. So many things about it seemed like the, I don't know, the ideal of, like, finding friend. Also, why am I protecting his anonymity? He doesn't give a fuck. It's Cody Ko. Cody Ko, if you guys watch YouTube, Cody Ko
0: is so cute. He's
1: adorable. He's definitely, I wouldn't say he's, like, my type, but he's, like... You know what I really appreciate him about him actually is that like he is funny and he's one of few YouTubers who he's enormous, but he doesn't seem – he at least doesn't let on a huge ego, um, which is pretty fucking rare when you've made that much money and that much of a following. And his wife, Kelsey Krappel, like seems also so funny and weird. Like at first I just noticed how funny and weird she was mm-hmm. and like beautiful And then I started watching stuff, I don't know, interviews about them meeting and it's really fun because a lot of it is captured, like he was already a YouTuber when they met so a lot of it, like a lot of moments of like some of the first times they hung out are captured on his podcast before they were ever dating and him talking about this girl he had a crush on and, Mm. and how it was so different how he felt like before dating her, everyone he dated just like didn't really get his humor and everything and he would have this feeling of like, I wish... You know, you'd hang out with them and, like, kind of just be ready for them to leave. And I was like, that's kind of that's kind of how I feel. That's a big thing I'm, I guess, kind of struggling through. Like, it's just hard. It's just rare to find that personality match. And I had that personality match 100% with my ex of six years. There were other emotional things that were missing. But I had that. Like, if nothing else, we were comedy partners. Yeah, Almost perfect comedy partners. I wish I could have him on the podcast. Mm. And I'm like, man, I wonder if I'll ever... And get encounter that again because that's almost, I think, more rare than finding love. Yeah. Is finding your comedy partner, I think that's even more rare. And I I just got really fascinated by Cody Ko and his wife. And I'm like, I hope they're happy because it makes me happy watching them. Yeah. And I jerked off to the idea that he might also love me.
0: I really like that. I'm interested in this concept you just brought up of like kind of personality, humor, like almost best friendship dynamic with a partner and then...
1: Like all the other
0: things that you need with a partner, because I don't know, like that is obviously. I think it's normal to want all of it.
1: I'm debating what I need to give up, or if I do need to get things up. I'm. I'm not saying that they're all requirements. I'm. I'm prepared to give things up, but it's hard to figure out what. What I mean, when I came out of that relationship, when I came out of that relationship, I was like, I don't. I'm never dating a funny person again, which was like a stupid reaction but i was just like i don't care about personality match anymore i have friends that can be my personality match like i want somebody who makes me feel safe yeah um and makes me feel heard which like, i think that's a very valid way to enter a long-term relationship i think that's a completely filling dynamic but then i think i like swung too hard in the opposite direction and i've dated some people that i had like not enough personality match with maybe mm-hmm.
0: it is so complicated because like This is kind of, in a way, it's something I've talked to my therapist about a lot, which, by the way, mentioning Barbara, somebody messaged us and was like, hey, the way you talk about your therapist is amazing. Could you, like, would you be open to sharing her name? And I thought that was, like, sweet and funny, but also I don't think she's taking new uh, clients because she is probably going to retire in the next couple of years and then I'll be fucking free falling
1: she she was like i don't want to love anyone after jess yeah i know we're both i don't want to help anyone after we're jess. both
0: riding off into the sunset together and i'm not i won't go to therapy when she's retired um,
1: <laughs> and i'll just be that is so funny. fucking
0: yeah anyway so we talk a lot about like how in this day and age people expect so much from their partners like they expect a soulmate a lover a best friend a business partner for some people like Everything that you want to achieve in life and all of the things you want to feel and all of your happiness and success, like, from one person in one relationship. And it's just a completely unattainable and unrealistic thing, expectation to put on somebody. Yeah.
1: um,
0: Or at least to put on them 100% of the time for the rest of your life. Right. But it is so ingrained that, like, our generation is looking – for so much of that all wrapped in one person and I've had to very much untether my expectation of that from what I look for in partners and tell myself things like you know well I have friends for some of this or I have you know when you're when I'm going through something difficult it's like I want to talk to my partner about it but I also don't want to put every single difficult thing on my partner so then it's like okay I have to still keep other strong connections alive and um, have like a friend that I go to for one thing and maybe my sister I go to for this type of thing and my partner I go to for this type of thing and it doesn't mean that you like shouldn't be able to tell them anything but I just don't think we should rely on them for like everything we need from the world which uh, it sounds like when you say it out loud it's obvious and we all agree but in practice it's very hard to yeah not get wrapped up in that.
1: I feel like I've actually started expecting too little. From people mm,
0: like an overcorrection <laughs>
1: um yeah i think an overcorrection which i guess i'll land somewhere in the middle and I, I really do think there's just like a i think i i think there's just like a bunch of different ways to have like a great marriage not that like marriage is the end all be all i think you know when i use the word marriage fill in whatever the fuck you know what i mean like yeah committed relationship whatever partnership i think there are like so many ways to have one that works for you like i don't think everyone needs the best friend aspect. I don't think everybody needs the like intellectual connection. I don't think everyone needs um a spiritual connection. I mean, you know, actually that one's I feel like probably everyone does need that. But like not everyone needs a humor connection. Like I think it's different for everybody. Yeah. Um not every not even everyone needs as much of a physical connection. Like you can have a romantic connection without it being super physical. I think there's so many different ways for it to be a great connection that is enough for you and i can't figure out what the fuck that would actually be for me yeah, yeah which maybe you don't figure that out till you encounter it but it has really thrown me for a loop i feel like i had like a a once in a lifetime personality match mm-hmm. and maybe like even less than once in a lifetime i think lots of people never get that and so i'm like well probably won't get that again. So what am I supposed to be looking for now? And I'm I'm happy I'm not in that. It clearly wasn't enough. Yeah. I would rather be somewhere where I feel safe and feel trusted and stuff.
0: It can look a million different ways and the combination of qualities can and should and will look different for everyone. Right. It's like yes, of course. And that in one way is empowering because you just need to find what works for you. But on the other hand, it's like, can somebody just give me a checklist that's like the universal checklist and that will just make this easier, you know? So I know what to hold out for. So I know, yeah, that that's what I'm supposed to be looking for. And I think there's always going to be things that people have to, I don't know if compromise is the right word, but just like extend grace yeah extend grace that like you're not gonna find all of that in one person and so find it in yourself find it in your friends find it in the work you do find it in your hobbies you know like i do think it should be diverse that you have to but it's much easier said than done
1: i mean just think about like what's so funny about people being like well my marriage is like this and that's why you should look for these qualities it's like if we all like lined up each of our best friends, the relationship we all have with our best friend, if you have a best friend, they all look different. Mm-hmm. Not all our best friends relate to us all in equal ways. Like if we all brought out like our positive the whatever positive relationships people have with their parents, they don't all look the same like or a positive relationship with your sibling or some some other friend like there's no other relationship in life where we're like, it always looks the same. Totally. No, it fucking doesn't. But what the hell do it look like?
0: Yeah, even what we were saying before when I was talking about um, how often I speak with my parents, it's like that might make it sound to someone like, oh, what a close ideal relationship she has with her parents. But like, that is not necessarily true. There are so many complexities to my relationship with my parents and so many things that are not, the ideal in you know uh, that I would want to be different or I would want to be better or I look at other people and how they have this aspect that I don't have um with mine so like that applies to all of it mm-hmm. and you just I don't know it's just like getting comfortable I mean with your parents you don't get to choose them with your partner you do and I think that's what makes it even more complex it's like oh could there be someone out there that has this plus this as opposed to what's in front of me or what I've had before or what I think that I want on paper if I prioritize all the things I want somebody might have five out of ten but is there someone else that has six out of ten or seven out of ten and you just keep wondering can I optimize or not um I do have a belief that like in general people who get married or you know like settle on a long-term partner Really, they do that. Like, they settle. And I don't mean that in a bad way, like in the negative context that we put on the word settling. I just mean that I think there comes a point for people when they decide, like, you know what? This is it. I feel ready for this at this point in my life. The person I'm with feels ready for it. I have a lot of good things with them, and I'm willing to work on anything that's not good. And like, so I'm going to choose them. Like, it's a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's also something that I kind of find comforting because it's very easy to look around and look at what others have going on and think like, oh, they found everything they're looking for. But they probably didn't. They probably just decided at some point, like, here's the point where I stop. I'm going to stop now with this person. I've found enough. And I think you probably feel that when you arrive at it.
1: Totally. Because the opposite – is that you are constantly looking for the next best thing, the next better thing, which is like a, a pretty terrible, like both ungrateful and like uncommitted way to go about life. Like it's it's funny that you have to strike like a very fragile balance between not oversettling out of fear and not always trying to just trade up for something else. But ultimately, I I don't really stress about it. I really don't. I don't, because to me the option, like I don't stress about getting married or meeting someone really. I can stress about dating and like what I'm supposed to do in moments, but ultimately to stress about getting married or like meeting someone, it's like, what is the other option? The other option is like, I, I decide I freak out. Like either I meet somebody where it becomes a little bit clearer and it feels good, or I don't. And I just like marry into a shit dynamic. Well, I'm not going to do that. So it's like, either I'll meet someone or I won't. It's mostly just curiosity about like, will I fucking meet somebody? I don't know. Yeah. No, I I totally
0: get it. I think that makes sense. And I think that's the best way to be. It causes me stress that there are a lot of people in the world that put themselves on timelines and are stressed like, oh, I'm 30 and I'm not married yet or or whatever. That's when you fuck shit up. Totally. That's when you do settle. You know, that is when you do like choose the thing that, you maybe shouldn't have just because you thought you needed to escalate your timeline or you were behind on your timeline. And, um, yeah, I, I'm glad that I've never really thought about it that way because when I see people who do, I'm like, uh, I feel, I want to save you. I want to stop you from this. I want to shake you and be like, it doesn't matter what, what the timeline on paper was supposed to be. Um, and that's for anything. That's really for anything in your life, but it's, I, I also understand it and have empathy or not, maybe not empathy, but I have compassion for it. But it's just like.
1: Maybe easier said from our, our still technically fertile ages. Like mm. it gets more complicated. I, I haven't lived every age, mm-hmm. so I'm sure it gets more and more complicated. And I mean, I don't know. The, the the thing I'm always thinking about is like all these marriages I feel like I grew up with, you know, like people who are now maybe a boomer generation watching their marriages and just always looking at like almost all of them were terrible. Like, I feel like I like, I'm hard pressed to think of a marriage I respected growing up that, that I was like excited to be a part of. No one was asking me, but you know what I mean? Theoretically, (laughs) but, um, and I'll just like staring at these marriages day in day out in the suburbs and being like, how did you guys end up here? And, and, and I try and like see those moments in real time looking at our peers now and being like is this that moment where they my friend is like identifying this thing and convincing themselves that it's okay and it's going to be different or someone's going to change or it'll be better when xyz happens or like Mm. and and i've been that person like i everyone wanted me to leave (laughs) basically every relationship i've ever been in um so i'm not above that like thank god they dumped me yeah but isn't that
0: crazy what you just said, like, really struck me because it is so my experience as well of, like, knowing that something was wrong but sticking with it until they broke up with me. Like, and then you're like, I thought about breaking up with you a bunch
1: of times. But I never did it, you know? Like... Never did. Biggest, like, truly the biggest favor. Yeah. That was done to me.
0: I feel the same way.
1: Unfortunately.
0: So there's this guy that I... Went on one date with. We, like, knew each other, but kind of, like, distantly. And then we saw each other on a dating app, matched, decided to go on a date. It was like, oh, it's you. Hi. And then went on a date. Nothing happened. Um, But he, like, continued to text me after the date and kind of, like, pretend that he wanted to hang out again, but never put his money where his mouth is. And I kind of had this impression of him that he was a fuckboy, so I... I let it happen for the attention, but very consciously was like, nothing's fucking happening here and he's never going to put the effort in and he's not really, that's not what I'm looking for. So And you didn't see him after that first date. Did not see him after that first date, but texted on and off. Not like constant texting, how's your day type of thing, like reached out. He would reach out and drip, yeah. Oh, what are you up to this weekend?
1: He would drip on me and I'd drip on him.
0: Right. What are you up to this weekend? Or like flirty things like once a month for a few months. Yeah. And then eventually I I put an end to it because there was actually a time when we were gonna meet up and he canceled at the last minute. And I think it happened twice. And I was just like, hey, like. I'm cool with whatever this was before where we were just like flirty, flirtily bantering with each other via text when we were bored. That was fine. But if you're trying to now pretend that we're going to get together only to cancel on me multiple times, like, I'm not doing that. So kind of choose. Infuriating. And that put him in his place. Which way do you want to waste my time? Right. I have a way that you can waste my time that I'm actually okay with because <laughs> it's entertaining and I get attention and I get compliments and somebody telling me, you know, commenting on my Instagram photos—it's
1: a mutual agreement. It right. can getting something out of it too. Yeah, it's an exchange of goods. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I can comprehend
0: this, and I can sign off and say yes to it. But this other thing of now we're like pretending we want to date or something, and you're not following through—that's a no-no. So he—that's <laughs> a no-no. <laughs> that's on my oh no no list. To quote Tom Haverford oh, no. in Parks and Rec. <laughs> so he disappeared and uh, you know based on the internet i've now seen that he started dating someone else and it's like a serious relationship and obviously i'm also dating someone else it's been a couple years and i don't think about this person anymore but he has twice since that happened while he's been with this new person done the thing where he unfollowed me on Instagram to refollow me so that he would like pop up.
1: That is so weird. I mean, you have named someone else doing that before and I've never noticed it in my life. First of all, I don't, I think I have like follow notifications turned off I was not aware that this was a thing people do, but I know you've named it before and I do believe it.
0: It's a thing. He will either – he'll go back into like an older photo of mine and go like it. Dude, what the fuck? Or just the other day – and he's engaged now. Poor girl. And just the other day he followed me on Instagram. And I was like, to my knowledge, we were already following each other on Instagram so he just like did that thing. It is so weird. Is so weird. And I just needed to say it somewhere, ask you if you've ever seen anything like it or what's like a version of this that maybe you have seen. If it's not the Instagram refollow, you know, like this shit happens all the time because they're bored.
1: Oh, a million versions. First of all, I could I could destroy so many mm-hmm. people's boyfriends right now. <laughs> yep who are doing extremely suspicious behavior on Instagram fucking all the time when you're just like, you're in a fucking relationship. Yeah. How long do you fuck this girl over? Or like, have you even waited? Right. It's so clear. It feels so clear. What is the game plan? I mean, they don't have a game plan. Oh, like no. A f- like a friend. It's not really a friend. It was someone I was friends with. And she was like on and off with this guy And I don't know, she was always sharing how, I think the core fight they were having was like whether he even wanted to be with her, he was like sleeping with other people all the time, Mm. or I don't even know, she doesn't, we don't even talk anymore, she's super sweet, but you know, he's replying, I saw only recently, they were, they were broken up for like a year maybe, and she moved away. And then I saw recently that they're back together, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, that seemed like it was, it was like, really good that she moved away so that she didn't have to date this guy who was causing her all these problems anymore, and now they're dating again, and he's up in my DMs, like, complimenting my hair. You got no business. <sighs> you got no business. No. You got no business. You and I aren't friends. I was friends with your girlfriend. You got no business.
0: It's so attention-seeking. It It—it is so just attention-seeking, ego-boosting, like, Okay, I would like to make this, I guess I would just like to turn this into an announcement for anyone who is dealing with one of these guys on a dating app or on Instagram or whatever who's just like dripping you texts and compliments but never puts any action behind anything they're doing. Maybe they're in a relationship, maybe they're not. If they're not, and so you're kind of holding out hope for like, oh, well, we matched and now he's texting me a little bit or he added me on Instagram. What does that mean? It means he wants attention. It means he he's a man who wants to just like know that this girl that matched them on a dating app, which means that you think they're attractive, he wants to keep you in his orbit so that... Validation
1: seeking. Yes, and that's it. Just validation seeking. I just
0: feel like younger generations oh, need yeah. to like know that, no, like,
1: men, men do validation seeking just as much as women do. I think women get the bad rap for like, oh, they just want to be hit on. They just want to be for mm. Men do it like just as fucking much. Mm-hmm. Just as fucking much. One guy, this was like the worst. First of all, I'll tell you my answer. I, I restrict them. You're going, I, yeah. when you restrict somebody, their messages don't even show up in your DMs anymore. They go to your requested folder. I don't even want to fucking see that shit. But um, this guy I went on one date with from a dating app maybe a year and a half ago and we actually had a fun time and he was cute like something about him seemed kind of douchey so whatever but I was like fresh I'd freshly moved to DC went on the state and then he was like texting and messaging me and he probably talked about meeting up like 20 times but never pulled the trigger on it and was just like wanted to be a texting buddy but was like also really flirty and just like Crazy the amount of time wasting. i I would never let it go on that long now. like back then now you have like one chance. But back then, again, i I hadn't dated in like six years. I you know, you forget what like what the standards are. yeah, didn't never want to see me. Just wanted to text. Just wanted to make sure I'd respond. Just wanted to make sure I could he could see me maybe mm-hmm. if he wanted exactly. to and he put a lot of he put a lot of effort into it. It wasn't just like what's up? It was like conversations and, I mean, who knows? Maybe he just copying and pasting to a bunch of other women. Yeah. And he's still doing it. It's been a year and a half. It's been a year and a half since we went on one date. And he is still doing it. I had to re-restrict him the other day. And I don't think I'm some fucking special butterfly. This, is, this happens to All everyone. I know that. It's just crazy how prevalent it is. It's crazy. People, it's like, you are hurtling towards death. Don't you want to do something more productive with your life? It's also
0: like, has this ever worked for you? And that's why I feel yeah, it has. the need. Exactly. That's why I feel the need to talk about it because you and I are very much on the same page and clear about what this is, but it's working for them with some people and that's why they keep doing it. So that's why I'm like, I need to blow these guys spots. I need to say like, yeah. like stop entertaining that because... You're not going to get anything out of it. And it's just wasting your time even – and I don't even necessarily believe in the wasting your time because you could meet a better person. I don't even mean that. I just mean literally wasting your time that you spent texting them back where you could have been, you know, doing your hair or something. It it, it doesn't have to be that deep.
1: Jerking off to Cody Co. Yeah. You could be literally doing anything better than that. Yeah. Just like sitting in a dark room. Like the more you expose – The more you expose yourself, like I'm talking to myself right now because this isn't something I've aced, but like there is a danger to exposing yourself to a lower level of treatment than you want to ultimately settle down with. Like even if you're like, oh, but I'm not going to date this person seriously, just spending time with them, like it lowers the standard and you start to forget what your standard actually was. Mm -hmm. And then the next person you date only has to be like incrementally better than that terrible thing. It's like it's not good to do. It's better to just. Not expose yourself to it. It does start to
0: lower your standards so that when somebody gives you like an ounce more of real investment, you're blown out of the water. And I mean the yeah. bar is just on the floor. So you know. The
1: bar is on the fucking
0: floor. <laughs> it's in hell.
1: I, I have little moments sometimes where I like I was walking behind this couple on the street last night, coming back from the gym. First of all, This fucking couple doubling up on a narrow sidewalk in the rain with their umbrella wouldn't let me pass. Mm -mm. I could have kicked them both under the (laughs) knees and taken them out. I was so mad. And it's the longest block. And they just made me stand behind them in the rain for like... It was like a 10-minute block. I could have killed them. However... I was taken by the way he was staring at her and, like, kissing her on the forehead. And, like, this is why they weren't making any fucking progress because he was just <laughs> kissing her forehead the whole time. But it was, like, notable. And I I really do try to intentionally take note of these moments where I'm like, okay, I I know that's a little glimpse of the honeymoon phase, but, like, I'm still holding out for some piece of that. Like, it wasn't what I'm trying to say. Like, it wasn't until seeing it that I'd forgotten how the guys I've dated recently would never look at me that way. Mm. They would never – it would never occur to them to kiss my forehead. It wouldn't even occur to them to look at me while we were walking together. And it wasn't until I saw it that I was reminded that that thing existed, that, like, sometimes people are so dazzled by – Your mind and what you say, and how you show up in the world, that they just want to look at you while you talk. And I like forgot that was a thing. And so sometimes I see these things and I'm like, okay, note it, note it. Like, that's a thing that exists. (laughs) Like, it's been so long. It's been like two years or more since I've been around that. And you just forget, and the standard slips. And then you throw in a couple guys or women there who like lower that standard even more, and you can just forget, like, what what could what you could have.
0: I really like that you note those moments. It's kind of like a version of manifesting without being too manifesty about it. It's like or, or like what we've talked about of making a list of the things you want, you know, in a partner. Um I think there's something real about like clocking those moments and saying like I can have that. It exists. Now I see with my own eyes that it exists and so I can have it. Yeah. Forehead kisses. Okay. I just want to go on a little bit of a tirade about them. Oh, tirade. No (laughs) Tirade. No one loves a forehead kiss more than me. Let's get one thing straight. I love a forehead kiss. I will present my forehead. I will, like, part the seas of my hair. And I will present it nice and shiny and moisturized and be like, don't you wanna... And I'll just, like, nestle myself in. I love a forehead kiss. Don't get me wrong. However... I also very strongly feel that a forehead kiss can be used as a weapon. Forehead kisses have been weaponized by fuckboys for generations. Mm. I feel like there are dudes who have given me a forehead kiss when we were nothing more than hookup buddies. Totally. And I held on to that forehead kiss as like... He kissed me like a daddy. The validation that they liked me more than just a hookup buddy. You know, like, oh, they... They're being so tender and sweet with me, and they're treating me
1: girlfriendy. It was the whole package. No, I I totally agree. Yeah, again, it's like one. Of, it's like the gestures we talked about. Exactly. The isolated thing. Like there, you can. There are mechanics you can go through the motions of that kind of look like love, kind of look like affection, but are just the bare minimum. It was really the way this guy stared at her that I was like, I just didn't think he could fake that. I was like, she's got something on her face, or he's obsessed with her. I think
0: that that's real. I do think you can't fake that. And I even remember, I still feel this way, but like when my boyfriend does that to me at the beginning, especially, I was like, what are you staring at? Because I didn't remember what that felt like or hadn't had that in so long to the point where I was like, it made me a little uncomfortable or it made me like... Is, yeah, is there something on my face or is there something wrong? Is he noticing something he doesn't like about the way that I look? Like, these are the negative thoughts that would come up because of all the fucked up shit that, you know, translated in my mind in that way over time. And I just, on I always would be like, what are you looking at? And he had to, like, force it down my throat. Like, I'm just looking at you. I just am appreciating you you talking right now. But yeah, it is kind of sad. It is kind of sad that that's where so many like toxic relationships and bad dating experiences with these apps and the way that it works now have left so many of us. But um, yeah, which is why I like that you notice these things and you're like, okay, it still exists. I'm I, I need to remind myself whenever I get the chance. So no shade on that. No shade on that. But if if anyone listening is like hooking up with someone and he gives you a forehead kiss after sex, it doesn't mean anything.
1: I would also – I also have like a strong case against – I'm going to – I'm just – I'm about to negate everything I just said. But just like on the other end of things, I feel like a lot of these assumptions of what any given couple has or what they're experiencing are like really bullshit um, you know, it's so hard to sift through. First of all, like almost no one is honest about their relationship. Even if they were even if they were trying to be honest with themselves, like even in their diary, even in their private diary, a lot of people are not able to be honest, myself included. Like to look at something honestly, it's very difficult, especially when it's something as high stakes as like your love or your heart or your partner or whatever. Um, let alone the way you present it to the world. Even if you are able to be honest about your problems privately, a lot of people won't put that on their Instagram page, will they? Won't, you know, put it front and center at a cocktail party or or whatever. And so you're surrounded all the time with relationships, right, that you can look to theoretically as examples, but like almost none of them are dressed as they are internally. And it's so hard to know just once again, like I think it's also very foolish to look at a lot of relationships and be like, well, they have this perfect thing. So I'm going to hold out for this perfect thing, but
0: you know what I mean. I do. I think something that's so important to me in building that awareness, I guess, is like actually trying to talk to my friends about things that are not perfect in my relationship, things that are not perfect in theirs. Mm -hmm. When I first – when I was in my first relationship, which was the long one that I've referenced that, you know, turned toxic over time – I didn't tell my friends really anything about it other than good things. And part of that was because they had become friends with him and I kind of wanted to protect that and not have them think differently. And like, you know, if something's going on but then we make up, then I don't want my friends to hold on to that as the, what they decided that he's not good for me anymore, things like that. And I think so many of us fall into that and it's so hard not to. But I remember that when – breakup happened and I started to open up to a couple of my closest friends about what had been going on, it was just like so enlightening because they started to talk about relationships they'd been in where similar things had gone on. I had no idea. And these are some of my closest people who I feel like were really honest and open with each other. And still there were these things that kind of were loaded and shameful almost that we never wanted to talk about before. It's so much easier to talk about it in retrospect when you're not with that person anymore. But it is something I try to remind myself of. Like it, it grew a closeness between me and my friends that is really valuable to me. And it's helped me make sense of things that are working and are not working. And feel less alone in things that are not working. And it's just helped me yeah. a lot mentally process things going on in relationships. So if that can be somebody's encouragement to like – be a little more honest with your friend, just a little. You don't, you know, I understand not telling people everything, but there's something to be said for having those conversations amongst trusted people, just a couple, not everyone, not every friend, not every girl's drinks that you go out and do. Do you need to like open your soul and bear all the hardship of your relationship too, but your closest people who you trust to not like hold it against you in the relationship I think it can help while you're literally in it you know
1: sounds so much more helpful creating that basically establishing what the culture is going to be and like me like it's a safe place for us to all do this yeah it I think it
0: just helps you not go crazy on your own you know and bring some sense to things like sometimes my friends have caught me getting you know, really wrapped up in something that once I've talked it through with them, I'm like, oh, that's actually, there's an easy solution or it's really not as bad as my anxiety was making it out to be. But then other times I've talked to my friends about things where they've called attention and put a spotlight on something that I was kind of like trying to brush under the rug. And so again, like only a couple friends I would really do this with, but it does help and I just think there's a culture of like protecting our relationships so much and I do this too. Like just because I said what I just said doesn't mean that I don't also participate in that culture. It's a nice thing to try and force through. If you find those opportunities and try try to force yourself out of that comfort zone, yeah, it can it can really be helpful.
1: I love that. That's awesome.
0: Okay, what else? Let's lighten it. Why is it so hard to mail packages? <laughs>
1: I agree. I completely agree. This is a stamps.com sponsorship you're about to start. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was watching. That's what I'm gearing up for. I was watching one of those sponsorships the other day, and I was like, true. I fucking agree. Like, still haven't purchased that service, but like. Why is it so fucking hard? It's like, I will put it off for weeks.
0: It's the hardest thing in the world. Now that I have a car, it's easier. (laughs) But when I did not have a car.
1: Still though. Still you have to Walking with your
0: returns to the post office when you live in a city and like lugging this big thing. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. The hours,
1: it's never open. It's almost never open. It's almost never open. I never have the correct tape. I have to buy a $20 roll of tape tape! just to tape it in a box. They won't
0: tape it at the post office for you. You have to tape it yourself. It's unbelievable. I'm like, I know you have tape back there. You have to buy it. You have to buy the tape. There was this one time that I was mailing a friend a care package and First of all, it took me three months, maybe longer than that, four or five months to actually mail it. I had it sitting ready for her for months and it just sat in the box in my apartment. I had to change it from a birthday (laughs) package to like a, I don't know, whatever holiday I made up that it was for. Like, oh, 4th of July, here's your package now. Her birthday was in February. And finally, I got the like stamina and the courage and the wherewithal to The, courage, <laughs> the <courage. laughs>
1: to pick package. it up. This this President's Day care package
0: packages. <laughs> <the> <laughs> to pick it up. I had I had started by moving it. It was originally in my bedroom. Then I was like, a couple months in, I was like, okay, move it by the front door so that it is a visual cue when you leave the apartment. Like, hey, I should bring this and take it to the post office. So eventually a couple months in, I moved it to the front door. That didn't really do much, but then a couple months later, I did (laughs) pick it up. I did pick it up and leave the house with it, and I went to mail it. I had printed out the label and, like, taped it up and all that stuff, mailed it. Two days later, I got a notification from my building that I had a package, and I was like, oh, I don't remember ordering anything, but maybe I, like, drunkenly did something on Amazon the other night. I don't know. I open my locker and it's the package for my friend. I like totally fucked up the label and had put in my own address instead of hers. And it shipped back to myself. And I paid for that. I had to pay for it. Wow. Did you ever send it to her? I did. After that, I was so like enraged that I did it again and made sure I did everything right. And she did eventually receive it. I mean, it was like a candle. Like (laughs) she was like, oh, thanks for the package. And I
1: was like, you have no idea what I've been through. (laughs) Yeah, then you you neutralized the 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 value of the gift of by the then gift. being so furious with her and resentful over having had to send it.
0: I was like, "Why aren't you more excited about this? Be like, do a dance yeah. to show me how excited you are about this package that I just spent months yeah. getting to you. You owe me. Yeah. You <laughs> owe
1: me. It's the worst thing ever. I hate. I it. mailed this to myself, you bitch. <laughs> you don't even know. Yeah, it's really really bad. It's part of why. I like, can't maintain Poshmark. I'm like, if you sell something, I've done Poshmark on and off at different times. And right now, I'm like, if you sell something and you make like 20 bucks off of it, like 20 bucks is not, like, you would have to pay me more to walk to the post office to ship this to you. You would have to pay me more to actually even think about putting a post office visit on my to do list. You would have to pay me more than 20 bucks. Totally. Don't, don't, yeah. I
0: mean, if you don't have a printer, You have to find one of those cafes that has the print with me setups. Like, what is is this nonsense? What is this world we're living in? I don't know exactly what stamps.com is doing, but maybe I should study up and email them for a sponsorship.
1: (laughs) I have the feeling that they haven't fucking solved the problem. I just went to their
0: website, and in the corner it says, Heard us on radio or podcast? Click here. And it makes sense. If you click, it's a place to enter the promo code, but... At first I read it as like they have a podcast. And I was like what
1: is stamps.com talking about? <laughs> What's <the> stamps.com podcast? <laughs> what would it be? All all breaking celebrity news, male related celebrity news? That could be good or like
0: maybe it's confessionals of people who have had male mishaps, like maybe I should write in my story and see if they'll. Yeah. Take it. Oh, I had a mailman that I loved when I was a kid. Yeah. He was also a magician. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He was grooming you, Jess. Sorry to break it to (laughs) you. He had the best candy. He had the best candy. And I loved the inside of his house. He was always giving me different gifts. He was so nice. And he had a little puppy dog that he said I needed to help him rescue. (laughs) I have to go. (laughs) (laughs) I have a story. I have one story to cap us off with. This is really short. Okay. This is... I'd call call this a redemption story for... Wow. For... I don't even think it's a redemption for me. It's for a redemption for all mankind. 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 I was at the gym the other day. I've only been hit on in the gym maybe like once in a lifetime of going to the gym. I think... Most people have gotten the memo that it's like there. there's just too many scenarios. I don't think it's completely inappropriate to like flirt with someone at the gym, like just be able to read the room. But I think enough people understand that it's a delicate situation. A lot of people don't want to be approached at the gym. Yeah. Totally cool. However, the other day, this was a couple of weeks ago, I think I was hit on by a guy in the gym in I think the only acceptable way- That one can. It was amazing. I was like, I was like, I was like starstruck or something. By his delivery of this. Yes. I just, I wanted to give him like an award and now I love him. But (laughs) this guy, he was like a cute guy. We were in the gym. You know, I noticed him. I clocked him, whatever. Let him look at my butt or, you know, whatever. And uh, as you do. And by which I mean, I just continued to live my life and work out and my butt was there. And... Then I went to a room alone to stretch and I like saw him walking in and I like turned and like he was clearly talking to me. I was like the only person in that room and he approached me and he was just like, what did he say? He said something, it was almost cheesy, but I loved it. He was like, I just had to make sure somebody in this gym hit on you today. Like you're absolutely beautiful or something like that. And then... He walked the fuck away. He walked wow, away. I couldn't move. even say, I couldn't even, like, I didn't even have time to respond. Like, he said it very sweetly. I don't know if it sounds cheesy saying it, like, repeating it now, but it was really, it just was said, like, kind and like a normal person, and he walked the fuck away. Like, and, and I had to be like, wow, like, wow, he made my day. Like, said something <laughs> fucking weird. It was like, what's your name? Like, he was... <laughs> Uh, Like, I don't don't even know what to do. Like, like... uh, I don't know. I would have
0: been the same. Yeah, like,
1: I was Santa Claus, and he was, like, sitting on my lap, and I'm like, what's your name? I, I did not know what to do. But I... But I was just, and I was trying to think about like, well, I don't know. He's told me his name and I was like, okay, cool. You're, you're on a nice list. Whatever. (laughs) Pat him on the heads and he walked the fuck away. He was done with me. But but I was just so struck by it. And of course, you know, now I'm in love with him. But i I was thinking about like what made that work? What made that acceptable? And it was just that like, it's not that it's, it's not that it's so bad for some, for a stranger to hit on you or to compliment you, or even in some way, yeah, to flirt with you, but but it's like when they then like ask something of you, when they think you owe me, it's like, bitch, you you, I've already blessed you with the grace of you, like you got to look at me. You're welcome. I already gave you a gift. Like, isn't that what you're so happy about? I don't owe you something. If you want to come up and say something great. But I don't owe you something. It's it's when he just didn't demand anything of me. It was amazing. Yeah. I
0: I was thinking that when you told the story. I was like, what worked is that he walked away. He asked nothing. No phone number exchange. No, do you want to go out sometime? No, nothing. Just here's a compliment. I'm going to walk away. And then he puts it. It's not like he didn't want you to follow him probably. like He would have been very open to the idea that you would then come find him and want to talk more or see him next time and talk more or something (laughs) but he was okay with that not happening like he he put that in your court you know what i mean totally if if you want to do more with this you can now come let me know that i'm not going to assume that you do just because i complimented you you know what i mean yeah it was great yeah that's well done good good sir did you exchange numbers or do
1: anything no, literally nothing else happened. Like, oh, I, you didn't even. I,
0: you did the name thing though. You asked. He's on the nice list. He was Santa Claus. I don't
1: know what the fuck I said. I must have been like, I pooped my pants, and like, I was like completely so dumb. And then asked him his name. Got his name. He asked my name. And I think I was like, have a good day. Like, he was not trying – he didn't seize on me asking his name Got as it. an opportunity for him to elongate the conversation. Like, he was out the door. Got he it. was out the door. That's cool. And it didn't, it didn't feel uber manipulative or anything, like, strategic, like, fuck boy either. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know anything about this man. Maybe – I mean, you know, in some way, flirting is all a manipulation. Maybe it's a move. It is a move. I mean, like, flirting, like – complimenting someone is a move right um that doesn't mean it's like what's the word that i can never think of that's a synonym for manipulative i always want to say lascivious but malicious but a plus to him go off king you know we're in love now i got his name and that was it and i just didn't happen to go back to the gym i've been running outside so i'm letting him just stew on it now now i'm walking out the door
0: I love that. I love that. If I were you, I would be obsessively trying to figure out who he is. Like, you have a first name, you have a gym he goes to. I would be running a scan of the area. But that's just my energy.
1: (laughs) I like not looking people up now. Like, I actually don't want to know – I don't want to look at your Instagram and know what you did last year. I don't really want to see – I don't want to know.
0: I agree, but because there's no promise of finding out – I think that would just make my curiosity go wild. But
1: yeah, heard. I think I'll see him at the gym. I think I'll see him at the gym. And even if I don't, like, it's a, it's beautiful as a standalone moment. Like, what a beautiful moment between two strangers Yeah, at the end. Something
0: that I once did, just if you ever did want to find out somebody's, not like their Instagram, but just find out their last name to be able to like communicate? Yes. Tell? No, I wouldn't even know. I would not know how to go about this. So, I was in a coffee shop like doing work one time and there was this guy sitting across from me doing work that whole afternoon as well and we kind of kept like making eyes at each other, like just making eye contact and then kind of looking away and I felt like I'm not just imagining this because it happened a couple times and he stood up to leave and I was like, fuck, I didn't say anything. I was like panicking. I was like, it's now or it's never. the worst
1: feeling, right? You're like, what am I doing? I
0: know. It's like, I've waited three hours. I thought maybe 30 more minutes and then something would happen. <laughs> and so what I did really quickly to figure out his last name, I don't know how I came up with it. I looked in airdrop on my iPhone Amazing. to see if a name, a man's name and picture would come up and it did. And I found his first and last name and I found him on Instagram and I sent him a message. He never responded, but that was my like thing I had to do for myself. Yeah.
1: He doesn't have to respond. That's already a win. That's amazing. Airdrop, guys. You got to get creative. Girl, let me tell you about airdrop. Okay. First of all, that is a stroke of fucking genius. Yeah. You don't even want him to respond at that point because the relationship's already better in the story than it could ever be in real life. (laughs) I've taken it to the top and we can go no further. (laughs) I dump you. I now dump you. I deem you dumped. But when I was on an airplane one time, I was really bored and I just like, I'll just start air dropping people like pictures of myself, like whoever is an air. Wait, you're one of those people. sitting (laughs) Sitting on the tarmac? Yeah. And I, listen, wait, I have to find my phone for this. This guy I air I just started taking like dumbass photos of me with like my neck pillow wrapped around my head like <laughs> a hood or a halo and looking truly demented and uh, then an, a guy someone on the plane air dropped me back a photo of him doing it and I was like soulmate that's the love of my life yeah, yeah.
0: talk about personality yeah. match like comedy match Oh, I know I always wonder who those people are. I've had that happen to me on planes, on buses. And I don't, I don't hit accept because I'm always afraid that it's like a dick pic or something. Well. By some like creepy dude on the bus, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Who's just looking for
0: women's names on airdrop. I don't know. That's where my, that's where my head goes. But at the same time, yeah, it could also be a funny opportunity (laughs) i love that i love that you do that that gives me a whole new i mean it's me and like 12
1: year olds it's probably like me and mostly 12 year olds or perverts but i don't think i've ever received an airdrop from anyone just like initiating an airdrop
0: oh yeah that happens like not frequently but it's happened a couple times it did happen to me on the bus one time and actually one time one time that it happened i did hit accept because i was already like doing something on my phone screen so my thumb kind of landed on the accept before I could see that this was an airdrop that a penis it was not a penis it was somebody's number and I was like then I was like
1: that they like wrote down on a piece of paper
0: yeah and I was like did they send this specifically to me did they send it to everyone on this bus I decided to do nothing with it because I was like, I don't even know what the face is that's associated with this number. Oh,
1: yeah. you know? didn't work out that well.
0: Yeah, he didn't think it through. It should have been like, brunette girl on the bus. Here's who I am and here's my number. Then we could have turned that into something potentially, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> show that you know who I am. Show that it was specifically to me and show, that, and show me what you look like so I can make a decision, you know?
1: Yeah. Show that you look a little bit like – what is it? Kumail, Kumail, non Kumail. Yeah, Kumail Nanjiani.
0: Or you know, you have options. You could look like John Mayer if you also write songs like him. I don't know. I'll give you that chance. We're done for today.
1: We wrap it up. We
0: wrap it. <sighs> Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at not for everyone pod, not the number four everyone pod. Um, share this episode with a friend who needs a laugh. Also share last week's episode. It was all about career. So you kind of have options, you know, like if you have a friend that's going through something, we have episodes for that. And if you have a friend who just needs a a break, share it with them too. We really appreciate when you guys share it to stories and all of that.
1: Anything else? Yeah. If you have a friend who's like on top of the world and you want to knock them down a peg, we have episodes for that too. We do have that.
0: Yeah, we definitely have that. Get them off their pedestal. Variety, the spice of life.
1: I think that's it. Um, nope, nothing at the end of that sentence. That's it.
0: Um is a full sentence. You know how people say no is a full sentence? Um is also a full sentence.
1: I think it is a full sentence, but also what part of speech would it be? It's a imperative. Statement. Imperative verb. It's not a verb. No, to know it's not a to verb. To, it is not a verb.
0: <laughs> but it's an imperative statement, right? What is no? What is No. <laughs> We, no, there's no time there's no time there's no time um, <laughs> no well, I'm gonna say no to that question and-, and to
1: that I say um what is it the saying a man among is it is it a saying to say a man among boys or is it a boy among sheep or a man among sheep no a sheep among giants a, 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 a prince a, a prince among men a pr- oh oh something among men who's among men a something among men i'm gonna google this a prince among men among is men? a british
0: sitcom oh. that ran in 1997
1: <laughs> okay a man something is coming up that says a man among men but that seems like it says nothing a man among men that's just a word among words okay well all right